So this is consultants, plural, without borders. Um, and today we have Esther, Sam, Dima, and Miada joining us, or joining, we are us. Um, <laughs> <and the> topic, <laughs> topic today is... Um, what do you, what do you know uh, that uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew before you started the job and the list uh, segments for today is uh, books we're reading at the moment um, cool. yeah so um, I'm gonna let you guys get on with it because I need to quickly go to the lavatories so I'm gonna turn my mic off <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, okay who I, wants to go first Um, okay. Oh, actually, okay. I will say one quick one. What I wish I knew. Yeah. I wish I knew that we were all gonna be staying at home all the time when I'm working from home. That would have been a nice. Yeah, that would have been. I would have stressed that, nice. that I'd have like a nice little chill time coming up. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm being honest. Um, How are you finding your furlough? If I remember correctly. Yeah, it's honestly like all I think of is like I can't. I can't believe I'm gonna have to go back to work after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm like, I better appreciate every day of this whilst I can. Uh, Esther's like, so I can get paid to do nothing? It's yeah. not a bad idea. I don't wanna make light of the situation because I realize that I'm very privileged and a lot of people are suffering a lot and I'm very mm -hmm. grateful mm -hmm. that one, my company just decided, is able to and decided to furlough staff instead of making people redundant. Um, but yeah, like honestly, I I really am in a very privileged position, so I'm just not too upset about it. It's pretty great. I'm yeah. glad. Are you gonna do anything uh, productive with all the spare time, or are you just? I think we've discussed this in past episodes, to be honest. I think. Um, I think we talked about it just like on the phone. Sure oh right. Okay. Never mind. So in which case? Um, I mean, it, it was it, it it was brought up in an earlier podcast, but Mayara, you weren't in it. <laughs> Oh, okay, my bad. No, <laughs> I spoke to me all on the phone about it, but but yeah, being a little bit productive, being a little bit unproductive. I think I found a good balance actually, uh -oh. which is unusual for me. What, what was that? I think I don't know. He has returned. Okay, good to know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, I think to be fair, you're you're in, in instances like this, and I was saying this to these guys last week as well. Um, is in instances like this, you're allowed to be a little bit unproductive. Like it's it's fair. Do you know what I mean? It's not exactly just like oh, I've just, you've just got spare time off work. It's it's literally a pandemic we're in the middle of. So if you're a little bit unproductive here and there, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself to be productive because I'm just trying to find a way to relax, which is in in a non wasteful way. Um, yeah. Just like yeah. Just make the best out of it. Yeah. Make the best out. Also, of it. Sorry to have dragged this back to COVID, like COVID. I know that's like the opposite of what we're trying to do. So someone else can take the floor yeah. from me. <laughs> uh, what do I wish? What do I wish I knew? I wish I probably knew. I, I wish I knew that you could just, you know, learn everything online if you looked hard enough. Um, I think kind of starting, you know, starting my role um, as a consultant, and you know getting into data science. Um, you're kind of left to your own devices. So you can ask people like, you know, what they've learned and, you know, but we learn kind of on the job. And a lot of the stuff and a lot of the information that we kind of pick up um, in terms of getting, getting up to speed for a particular role, you kind of find that information. Um, 
and I think before I started, I'm like, ooh, they, they're going to teach me this stuff. Or, you know, there's going to be a repository where I just go and pick up the information. Whereas um, kind of what I found out is that, I mean, all the stuff is in the, there, there are like repositories, but really and truly, if you really want to learn it yourself, the best way is for you to go and find what works best for you. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I'd probably do that because, yeah, it would save me a lot of like sitting around <laughs> waiting for someone to send me like, oh, do this course. Also, courses are terrible online. <laughs> yeah, what online do you courses. use? Uh, there's this thing called cognitive class um, that we use. Um, which you know what? It's decent. It's actually decent when you have a project. Um, well, I was learning it, and I didn't have a project to apply it to. So it's kind of you're just kind of learning the thing like blindly. So that's also probably another thing I wish I learned. Um, you know, learn the learn the information or learn the skill. And then, you know, find somewhere to kind of apply the skills to as quickly as possible. Because I was learning stuff and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I never used it. And then I, yeah. when I had to use it, I had to relearn it all over again. So which kind of, so I wish I, I knew that. Do you know what? Just piggybacking off um, of your point. I feel like I wish I knew how little I knew before I started work. And but I that's know always that that's the case, not though, isn't it? Because you don't. Yeah, no, I know. I, mean, I know it's not possible because you you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. But especially going like, into a non-technical point, role, I, in the sense that you didn't go into a purely uh, rela- degree-related re- role as well. So, yeah. like, Actually, it's got, my it's role always, has nothing to do with my degree. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's, you, it's, know, you it's, don't. You can't really do anything yeah, about that. Yeah, but that's that's my point. You can't, but as in, we're asking what I wish I knew, and I wish I knew how little I knew. Because <laughs> um, currently, I'm obviously working on learning how to become a software engineer. And for me, the thing is, nice. is I went in thinking I knew I knew how to code, and then I didn't realize how steep of a learning curve it actually was. Because <laughs> it was just like it was shallow, shallow, and then it just got very steep. Well, thank you. <laughs> Unnecessary, but yeah, just I wish I wish going in, I knew how little I knew. Actually, on, would, on that on that point, can I ask you a question? Are you on on the coded front, right? Um, you know, so you you I think you tweeted about um, learning JavaScript and how difficult yeah. you found it. Are you often yeah. surprised when when you are like trying to learn how much you pick up in a day? Uh, yes and no. Oh, library. Uh, yes and no. So, I do, yeah, honestly speaking, even just in the past, I'd say, month of being at home, and obviously because I'm at home and having no one to come and tell me, oh, do you want to go out for a coffee, whatever, inadvertently I've become a little bit more productive. And okay. looking back from where I was a month ago to now, I'm not going to lie, I've come a very long way. However, um, I'm not surprised by that because I'm literally like I, I know for a fact that when you're in a role and trying to achieve something you, you just automatically pick things up a lot quicker because you have access to resources so that you can so I'm both I'm both I would say I'm more excited about how far I've come as opposed to surprised about how far I've come or how much I've picked up okay. I, I, I mean going back to coding there isn't like in terms of learning 
you learn the syntax that takes maybe a day or a couple of days but in terms of actually learning how to code from like my perspective it just seems like you either have seen it or you've seen a way of uh, tackling a problem or you, you figure a way out either way it's all about debugging and just breaking down code like you can't really just sit there and learn code you have to do it yeah so there's that the coding part is uh you're right learning the syntax is not the difficult bit however it's learning how much elements go into programming so you may learn the syntax and you may learn how to maybe write functional code which is fantastic you've done that now right you don't know how to set up a backend and you don't know how to use the bash terminal and you don't know all the networking information that you necessarily need to know and you don't know how to go on the cloud and, and, and move things via a pipeline. You don't know any of those things. But yeah. because you don't know you need to know those things, you've just learned this bit of syntax and you've learned how to, to make functional code and suddenly yeah, you hit true. a wall. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, and I think... I hit that wall a couple of months ago and then I realized that actually the scope of what I need to know oh, is so much bad. larger than just the syntax. I have to know basically essentially a computer science degree, which yeah. is a lot to try and pick up in a couple of months. So that's why I was saying I wish I knew how much, how little I knew. I wish I knew that it's going to be more than learning the syntax and logic. It, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. The scope is yeah. great. <laughs> May I add a question? So if you did know how little you knew, would you have prepared more or would you have just gone in with that knowledge? Um, that's, a, that's a good question, to be honest with you. I know why you're asking me it. Because um, hindsight is 2020. I would like to say I would have prepared more. However, I know, nah. I know myself. I know myself. Okay. I was like saying you would have done the pre-reading before New Year of Uni. Like, no yeah, one exactly. does that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it comes down to the structure of your co course as well, because the way my course is structured, if I had known some of the stuff, I would have dropped the masters, and I yeah. still had that option yeah. third year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you guys didn't. Yeah, we didn't have that option. So, I think yeah, personally, uh, I, I like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I would like to say yes, but knowing who I was and who I am. I probably still wouldn't have, but the difference would have been, I guess, emotional preparation. <laughs> like, <laughs> you and would have I guess also in, mental preparation. <laughs> yeah, you, you would have gone in with the expectation that this is going to be a lot. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I went in with the expectation that this was going to be not simple, but like, you know, manageable. And then it became overwhelming very quickly. But then, obviously, yeah. now I'm split up into manageable bits, but there wouldn't have been that overwhelming part of things had I known. Yeah, I mean, lear le write, learning to write functional code is, uh, yeah, it kind of false sense of security because it's relatively easy to get going, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I can do this, and then you realize the security elements and all the other stuff as well. Yeah, um, there's actually a roadmap online about what you need to learn before you can become like a software engineer. If you if you want it, I can send it to you. But yeah, it's it's available. You just got to Google it to be honest with you. Yeah. It's available. So. This is for even for our listeners. You just got to Google it and you'll find what you need to learn. But I promise you it's gratifying and it's worth it. And it's actually a lot of fun when you get into it. But just don't. I want to expectation manage a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I suggest you take a look at open source projects like in on Kaggle or somewhere else where you can just kind of get your hands dirty and just start practicing as well. And yeah, there's, there's yeah. a big community where they can kind of 
you can get you know get help from other people that's more useful than just learning code through uh, a tutorial i agree i mean obviously get the crux done try to dive in head first sometimes it doesn't always help so get get some knowledge get some theory do like um an in-browser ide sort of exercises get get your head around it and then yes practice makes perfect essentially as with anything so the more you do things the more projects you build out the better you'll get at it naturally as with anything to be honest so yeah i, I agree with you definitely get stuck in that way look at look at code and build projects out well i have another question this is certainly out of focus but just a question for your role did, do people who normally take it, do they have a computer science background or was it an expectation that you would learn on the job? Um, so you can and you cannot have it. Like as in, they, they were, in the specification, let me, let me try not to waffle, sorry. In the job specification, it said that you had to do a STEM degree. It wasn't computer science right. focused at all. So it, it wasn't like they expected you to be able to do these things? Not, not at all. And the thing is, is coming in, I was very honest. I, I gave full disclosure. I told them what I could do. And they were happy with my ability because they the idea of our graduate scheme is that you learn on the job. And it's not just coding, to be honest with you. Software engineering is not the only avenue you can take in technology. Um, I could have been a project manager or an agile delivery manager or a cyber security specialist or a network specialist. There's so many, there's so many avenues in tech that even if you don't have a tech background, you can get into those things relatively easily just by being on the job for a while. Yeah, I agree with that so, one. So the idea of the grad program is not to produce software engineers. Okay. It was just that that was my interest. I really liked that, the concept and idea of being able to build things out and to, to, to build databases. And actually I was, into web design a long time before I even went to uni. I, I took the web design course in uni, um, uh, the Code First Girls one. And I really enjoyed web design. I, I, but obviously at that time, I thought it was just HTML and CSS and you could only build a static website with HTML and CSS. So then I started learning the JavaScript side of things. Um, so my interest was already there before I started this grad program. I just got very lucky with this grad program. Are you taking a look at Java for app development as well? See, I'm not learning Java. I'm just currently just learning You're JavaScript. Learning. Okay. Are you using like a framework? Uh, so yeah, so I've gone all the JavaScript syntax down pretty much. And I've also gone past learning React syntax now. So I've learned how to use React. Okay. Um, React is a framework for anybody that doesn't know um, that is based on JavaScript. It's just another level of abstraction above JavaScript that makes writing it out a lot easier by creating Easy. small components that you can reuse. Yeah. Cool. I have something I can speak on. This is um, nice. I feel like my experience on placement is perhaps more applicable to the question because that was my first time in a full-time work office environment as opposed to now. Um, and I think then one thing I wish I'd known is um, like it just doesn't hurt to be open and friendly to people. And that sounds like a silly thing to say, but when I started, I was so overwhelmed and so nervous that, for example, when I was walking through the hallways, when I was in the kitchen and I saw people I didn't know, I felt too shy to kind of say anything. And I mm -hmm. think looking back, like the interns who um, were just said hi to new people and to introduce themselves, like there is just no, nothing lost from doing that. 
And no. even though, so I'd advise anyone who's kind of entering a new workspace, and perhaps especially if you're doing it for the first time and it's, it's a bit overwhelming, just say hi to everyone you don't know and ask people's names and just like make chit chat because yeah. like pe- even if people are a lot more senior than you, like they, they was, everyone's willing to have a little quick chat whilst they're making a tea or a coffee. And one, it just makes your workplace a more agreeable place to be if you can like look walk down the hallway and smile at people instead of kind of looking yeah. at your feet because you're afraid. And even just professionally, it is just good if you're known as, oh, that's like one of the, the new nice people who smile and who talk. Yeah. Um, so definitely don't let yourself be scared into kind of silence in, the, in, in a socialising environment and just don't be afraid no. to say hi to someone if you don't know a face. Like, oh, I'm not sure we've met before. I'm this, I've just started in this team. Um, yeah, I wish I'd known. It took me a while to get there, to get to a point where I felt comfortable enough to but just start making chit-chat with people. And then once I did, it just made the office feel Life a lot easier. more comfortable for, for, for me. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And actually, anecdotally, I um, there was one time I got stuck in the lift with our CTO. And I was so scared. I was, like, trying to talk myself into saying hello to him. I was like, oh, my God, am I just, am I going to, like, is he going to bite me? He's such an important person, et cetera, et cetera. And then I told myself, you know, what do you have to lose? Just say hi, how are you? Because I'd met him before, I'd been introduced to him. And we started talking. And actually, the whole journey to the train station, we were chit-chatting, and I felt like I developed a real connection with our CTO. And even though, like, maybe I didn't get anything, instant gratification out of it, I feel like in the long run, that has really kind of helped me. Because I'm like, if the CTO is not too good, doesn't feel like he's above me and too good to speak to me then no one should to be honest with you so I it gave me a little bit more confidence yeah I think, I think it definitely depends on the industry and I think some industries are definitely a lot more hierarchical um, oh, definitely. but yeah. I think if you're working at anything that's kind of I feel like for most like professional services engineering just that kind of um but I even feel I I disagree because I would consider, I guess, consultancy, like there is a hierarchy in terms of you have a manager, you have a partner, and then you have yeah. obviously the analysts and associates. But I guess in my company, they've promoted and they've nurtured this culture that you can speak to anyone. So when I first joined, I remember I would just go to the kitchen and because someone hasn't recognized me before, they would say hello to me. And because I guess, like you said, Esther, like once like you start once it starts rolling, like you start becoming that person who starts, if you see an unknown person, you get to you introduce yourself. And I know the the culture at my workplace is super nice in that even though I don't know any, like I, I didn't know people at the beginning, they were super welcoming. And I guess to a certain extent, they were really successful in um, hiring like, like-minded people. Yeah. In, in, in that, obviously we all have our different quirks and um like some of us are extroverts some of us are introverts but in that we're like-minded in that we can easily talk to each other there's always a conversation going I don't think I've been in a position where there was any like I had to like really put effort into a conversation it was like it's it's easy going you ask how the other case is doing and then it's it's uh it springs into another conversation and like you you make friends that easy which I found was really really cool but similarly like when I was first interning at this company it was kind of scary because like 
you see like this partner and you're like, oh, I, I can't possibly speak to him. But then I see people in the same level as me chatting and I'm like, okay, if they can do it, then I can do it too. Yeah. You know, I'm just ask you something, Esther. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, what industries do you think are um, where you can't really speak to you, you know, your seniors and so on? Oh, I was going to say, like, when you think of, for example, like a professional kitchen where the chefs will, like, hurl abuse at you. That, do you get what I mean? That's not the type of place yeah. where, you know, <laughs> but chat I think that's necessarily recommend. If there's any chefs listening, yeah. we apologize. Or a lot of, like, arts, arts and entertainment where, you know, the person no, even banks, the big dog. Even- even back yeah, I mean, I, yeah, investment banks. May, even then, I, I have friends who say it's not like that, but okay. Yeah, I would think, I, I think honestly, depends. most professional services wouldn't be as bad as I think. Definitely, no, the entertainment it, industry would be, probably be quite bad. Arts can be quite bad. Like, yeah, like it's professional kitchens seems like okay, depending on the on which one. I can like, tell you for free like that horrible. there are actually because I think it just comes down to the person's personality. Of course, it does. Yeah, but, but, but I think I think those specific it, industries attract a specific personality type. Exactly. Yeah, Maybe. but and also yeah. specific. For example, when you're talking about stuff, um, places like chef, um, places like kitchens, places like creative industry, <laughs> creative industries, where it's so 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 difficult to progress upwards. It's so kind of when it's so yeah. cutthroat that when you kind of get there, you, you there is this like there's this like feeling that you've kind of made it, and so when you've got yeah. like a young kid who's kind of coming to you, you feel like no, I have to, like, kind of address him in a certain way so that he knows that me and him aren't on the same kind of place. Exactly. Like, but but I, I don't think that... Personally, we've, we've obviously, like, looked at different um, leadership models and things like that, um, and I personally think that that's not necessary. I don't think that you need to shout or be mean or, like, indoctrinate people to make them feel like you have authority. Because I mean, as as Sam said, it's it's a it's a mentality of I I worked hard to get here, so obviously I'm better than you. But isn't that the case in all industries? All the seniors worked hard to get to where they are. No, that's true. But but I but I'm saying, but like within within the corporate world, right? The the scheme in terms of you know progressing is pretty much laid out, right? You do A, B, and C. You're assessed on. I I don't I don't know what it how it's like for your companies, but mine it's like. These are the assessment criteria. This is how we assess you, and yeah. these are the certain times within the year that everyone gets promoted, right? Yeah, Whereas okay. in the creative industry, sometimes you know you're going five, six years, you're still yeah. a runner, yeah, and you're yeah, waiting yeah. for that one person to just read your script and give you that nod for you to progress to the next level. No, I agree. And so when I you think- and and so when you finally do make it, and you know you've got this kid coming in who's now a runner, you've kind of it's kind of like I now have essentially the stamp of approval of my peers, I am now at this next level. And it's not its not necessarily that you want to talk to someone that way, but you just, you feel like, I'm, I'm a bit better than you. It's that subconscious, like, I've made it, I have done this, I am now here. And you know what? The people above me were giving me stick. Now I'm kind of here. It, you know what I mean? This is how I should behave at this level, if that makes sense. Yeah, but Loki, I think that makes you a crappy person. Yes, it does. It does. Loki, no, like, right. Loki, that makes you a crappy person. I don't think that we should repeat cycles of abuse, especially not in the workplace. Like, that's the last place that you should be repeating cycles of abuse. I, I, although that is true, I agree with you. I do think that there are some industries where, like, it is so ingrained that... I'm not saying it's right. It's, it's cultural, yeah. At, at, at any given time, if 
as a superior, you decide to treat people below you with a softer hand, they won't progress because they won't be able to, do you get what I mean? Like, what, again, I'm yeah. just thinking of a kitchen. If they don't have the tough skin to take what you took, they probably won't be able to make it. Yeah. It just promotes people with, you know, that kind of mentality and personality, even though exactly. there might be a chef who's actually just as good. So, yeah. yeah. So, the, so basically the people who make it will perpetuate the cycle by putting through the people who make it the yeah. same way they did. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes on that way. Fair enough. I just think with things like HR and I don't know, like welfare rights and things like that, all hanging over your heads. In 2020, the last thing you should be doing is trying to repeat a cycle of abuse because no. people will drag you. Yeah, but you say you that, say, but there's a lot of industries that. people are so desperate to get into. I, like, the thing, especially when you think of like musicians or actors, there is there are a thousand yeah, way too people many. for every yeah, single yeah, role. Yeah, people, yeah. people do anything to get through because there's just so many people who want it. And then at that point, yeah. if you're like, oh, well, you're not treating me right, you'll be out the door before yeah, you can even finish your sentence. And you, I and you think about it like, and as much as, as much as we, as much as we go, as much as we want to say, you know, welfare and HR, right? If you complain, if you complain about, you know, someone who's higher up, who's been in that company for, you know, five, six years, and you've been there for six months, you yeah. know, whose words are they going to go for, and who, who are they actually going to keep? Because at the end of yeah. the day, like... Okay. I, I hear you, I hear you. Listen, with, with regards to creative industries, I definitely hear that, but with regards to corporations, I'm going to tell you for free, I'm going to say this just for anyone who's listening, is you shouldn't tolerate abuse just on oh, the yeah. premise that they might sure. get rid of you first. That's that's not acceptable. And if you do feel like that, then you can take people to court. You have a case. That's yeah. like you should you should never ever tolerate abuse on the cow that you feel like you might lose your job, because then you not only do you tolerate it for yourself and you're living in a hostile work environment, the people that come after you will also have to tolerate that because that person will have it in their head that people yeah. should should tolerate this. And I don't think that's acceptable. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's let me true. let me it's, give it's you a scenario. Good that me, Ada. That's it's too important to like. Yeah. Uh, let me give you a scenario, Miata. So you're doing some work and you messed up, right? And yeah. then your boss has a. Let's say you're in investment banking, or something like that, and you messed up. So that's probably you know a couple mil, three, four, five mil, you know, pot- potential loss. He has a go right. at you, right. you know, swearing, whatever, frustration. Do you okay. take it or do you, do you say something like back? Because if let's no, say no, you do say something back, have, then there's a having, having a go, go at on. me does not does not elicit abuse. So you've had a go at me for if a genuine it, mistake I made. That does not elicit abuse. Yeah, but if for it's example, swearing and it, there's profanity and there's you know, it, that, it depends I, on the, it, the, I, the, I, depends I, on the nature of your relationship I, with your manager. To be honest with you, but personally. Go ahead, sorry. Do sorry, I was, I was just, I was just gonna say that if, when you do do mistakes or when there is, when there is like a, a potential loss, yeah, there is a safe space or not. Let's say not a safe space, but there is the appropriate channel where the manager or your supervisor can uh, can tell you his criticism, whether it's through a review or just live feedback or real feedback. And going on what Mayad is saying, like that. That doesn't mean you ha- you can have a go at me, like, especially if you're an an ally. The thing is, the 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 reason that they're probably like getting angry is that they were super supervising like this junior. Yeah. This yeah. junior. No, that's fine. I'm ju- I'm just saying it, it, it missed- if 
Let me make my point. So if if you if you're in that position, so you're not gonna take it because if I was in that position, I would take it because the the the, the problem is take the verbal abuse because the issue is um, if you go to another job, if you go to another job, or if you go to somewhere else, that's gonna stick with you. That you you know you you're not subordinate when you need to be. Look, but I I would argue that's sorry. It depends on um, what the content of what was said is. If he is shouting at me, basic based on the quality of my work, that's that's an individual choice whether you're willing to tolerate that or not. However, if things start getting personal and he starts saying things like "you're an idiot," "you're worthless," "you're this," "you're," that, I'm so sorry, I would not tolerate that. That's absolutely not acceptable. There's a way to conduct yourself in the work environment, and that is definitely not it. Shouting at people for one is definitely not it. However, you yourself need to decide whether you are willing to accept that or not. So if you can take that on the chin and it won't affect your day and you can leave it at work, fair enough. But if that creates a hostile work environment for you where you dread going into work every day and like fear within an inch of your life of making a mistake, then your manager is not doing a good job because what their job is as a manager is to manage people and create a safe and stable work no, environment. That, that's fine. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying what he did is right or what he's saying right i'm just saying this is a scenario what would you do you're not gonna take it i'm just saying i i wouldn't care i would be more like okay i made a mistake whatever he can say what he wants you know one year in in, in one year and out the other but i i hear uh, you but that's that like i said that's a personal choice i love how the shouting manager is like by default a he That's that's a personal choice and that's absolutely fine. But my point was from the beginning was you shouldn't feel like you have to tolerate it. If you want to tolerate it, that's an entirely different matter. I mean, if anyone doesn't have to, no one's going to. But like, I'm just saying, if I was put in that position, I would. And I was asking what you would do. Me personally... Like I said, it depends on. I mean, if I go, if I get called, if I get called an idiot or stupid, as you said, like, so what? Like, it doesn't make me an idiot, so I'm not. I mean, I don't care. But you say you won't take it. Depends on the nature of our relationship with my manager. Depends on the like. For example, if me and my manager are close and we've got a really good working relationship, and this is in a way a kind of tough love or whatever, and that's the way it goes. Fair enough. But if I'm new to a team, I barely know this person, they're not doing their job properly because clearly they're not supervising me, they're not seeing overseeing my work, which is their responsibility also to double check things, then actually the fault lies with them and not with me, so I shouldn't have to be ex- like embarrassed in front of all my colleagues. <laughs> you're an so, idiot. So you, so actually, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> so, so, are you saying, so are you saying it's okay if you know the person, basically? I'm saying that... There's, there's I think no we are just saying it's the context. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. what I'm asking. So the context yeah. she's describing is I I know the person better, so he can hurl abuse yeah, at me. Then. You meant, that's I, I, I guess, but even if, if, even if she does know the person, he could cross personal boundaries. Boundaries. And that's like, that, like that is not okay throwing, as well. You know. Things <laughs> for in the stapler at my head. Of course, I'm not gonna take that. Of, no, you are no, not. But, you. Of course, I'm not gonna take that. <laughs> No, For we're going back to the world. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roundabout. 
Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not arguing that what he's doing or what she's doing is wrong as a manager, like, or is is not wrong. No, but, but, but I'm saying, but everything. My point was everything is contextual. So no, which is exactly what I'm getting to. So when you made a statement earlier stating that um, no one should take any sort of abuse, and no, so no, I on. said no one should feel like. Let's be clear. I said no one should feel like they have to. Again, if you choose to tolerate that, that's up to you. I feel like we're straggling the drain of the same topic, even though it's been interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyone else have any lessons <laughs> I, I for our yeah. listeners? Uh, let, let me tell you about what I think I needed to change before joining this job. Over to you, um, Diva. Thank you. Um, so honestly, um, I think my company has been really good and I don't feel like I need... I think the only thing that I would personally prefer is to have a bit more of a business or economic context. However, I would say that it's not required in, as in, like, it's definitely useful and it's definitely something that would help me progress. But my company, as, as they're hiring consultants and we're not, and we're strategic consultants, we're, they're hiring from a number of backgrounds and we all have varying skills and uh, varying degrees. So me coming from an engineering background, a STEM background, my analytical skills are much better than someone coming from uh, a humanity background and um, I, I think in that sense it's much like they 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 prep us like they give us training when we come however it's not only that but like my supervisors they they don't come in with the expectation of me knowing everything and they're there to help me and they can guide me in the correct place so I think so far in my career I haven't like the stuff that I haven't known, I was guided into how to do it, whether it's through a steep learning curve or whether it's through like independent learning. But I think they've created a very good foundation for us. So I, I would say like there's nothing, although I, the business context would be very, very useful. Okay. Good. Very glad for you that you're in such a... Um, a nice working environment. <laughs> Sorry for the rest of it. If, if any listeners are struggling, go to Diva's company because <laughs> the grass is truly greener on that side. I, I would like to put out that I also have a very nice working environment, to be honest. Everyone's super nice. I don't know. It doesn't sound like Diva's, though. <laughs> not, not quite. Not quite. I'm not going to lie. But no, I, I, yeah, I know. I work in a really nice environment. Let me be honest. Yeah. I think I have one more thing which I learned on placement which I think is also um, quite important is that role so for my placement year I was looking for a very kind of specific type of role um, and I, I knew what I wanted and I was very grateful I got kind of what I wanted and then when I got there, I found that my actual tasks were very different to what I had expected. Um, and so initially I was quite a little bit disappointed. And what I found is I actually really enjoyed where I, I had been put. And some of the other placement students who had been put in the type of role which I wanted to get, I found that actually I wouldn't have enjoyed what they were doing as much. Mm-hmm. So what I think I, a really important lesson I took away from my placement year was, um, I now, at least at this point in my career, value the company, the people, the culture, higher than my specific role, just because I think whatever industry you're in at this stage in your career, ultimately at the bottom rung, you will be doing the grunt work and some of it probably won't be particularly stimulating. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some people might disagree with me about that, but I think that is true for a lot of jobs. But I think doing that will be much more agreeable if you're in an environment which you like, as opposed to having the quote-unquote dream job in perhaps a company that's not as good. And also, ultimately, you will never know how what exactly you're going to do in a job until you get there even if they have a really detailed job description or even if you may be able to speak to people who've done it you really won't know until you're there so i'd say perhaps don't be so focused on the actual job because one you may get exactly what you want to realize it's not actually what you wanted to do because you don't know until you do it and or two you might get something else and find you really enjoy it because of the people you're surrounded with so i think for me that's the the big takeaway is um, the team and even with the team as well to some extent you can't really know what it's going to be like till you get there but yeah. I think through the interview process and again kind of speaking to people you do kind of get a sense of people's um, personality and the culture just even just in interviews so yeah, I'd I, say that is don't focus too much on a job role because I think there is no perfect job role and you learn as you go I 100% agree with you I think we discussed this I think definitely like you said the culture and the people in a company make your job or break your job so even even if you love a job like you said if the people around you are awful that job becomes intolerable that job becomes literally intolerable whereas Uh even if the job is like monotonous and boring if the people around you are nice and you know like you get along with them and you feel like you form genuine bonds with them it it just feels a lot easier it just feels a lot better you want to come into work because just coming to see your friends you know what i mean it becomes a better working environment in general and honestly, like, I got offered two places before I started, and I chose the one that paid less because I felt it was a better working environment. Flex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also want to add that I guess it's, it's something that I, I learned. It's not necessarily something that I, I wish that I knew beforehand, but sometimes the soft skills are, are so much more important than the hard skills or the technical so skills. Oh, 100%, 100%. Being, being able to speak to people, being able to reach out, being able to, uh, I, I guess, cultivate that environment can sometimes make a manager pick you over someone with the hard analytical skills because he'd rather have you in the team because of your presence and analytical skills or the hard skills are something that can be learned i guess soft skills can also be learned but if you already have that naturally it's i think it's a it's a bonus talent or if you can work on it now and try and try and be agreeable with everyone it's 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 definitely like bonus points Yeah. yeah no i agree i agree 100 Actually, that makes me, to follow up on that, Dima, one thing I didn't realise until I left uni is actually how useful extracurriculars are. Because I, I, like, I was on a few society committees and did a few extracurricular things at uni, and sometimes when they got quite like taxing, I was like, why am I doing this? You know, This doesn't count for anything. And then suddenly you find yourself in a job interview and they've asked you about a difficult team, a, a difficult group scenario, and you actually have something you can think about which is real as opposed to having to invent answers for yourself. Um, yeah. And I think you don't realise until you get to a work environment that those are actually really valuable. So, yeah, I definitely think when you, when you think of your extracurriculars and times you've been able to demonstrate leadership or organisation or communication within a group, it seems silly when you're at, when you're at uni and you're trying to, like, fill out all these application questions and you're like, this is just me making up stuff. But actually, those are really valuable experiences and you realise when you get to the workplace um, that if you've been able to 
build a bank of those, you are one, probably more likely to get a job, um, but also a bit better equipped to deal with like real conflict or real difficulties. Yeah. Do you know what? There was a tweet that I saw with regards to soft skills. And do you know, there's an interview question uh, about, usually, do you know, they ask you how you're able to adapt. And everybody was like, after this COVID environment, <laughs> this is going to be my every interview example. <laughs> and I just felt, actually, it's valid. It's very valid. It's actually, that on, on that point, hilarious is my mum is actually, last night I was helping my mum prep for a job interview. And she was like, um... Good for your mum. Quite... Huh? Said, good for your mum. Yeah, she's trying to, trying, to, trying to do jobs during these tough times. Um, yeah. But she was like, you know, quite nervous. And she was like, you know, I know I know the information. I just need to have a conversation with someone so I can get it out. So if I have a conversation with you, can you type down what I what I said? And then, mm-hmm. and then I can use that to jog my memory just before the interview. And so one of the things... Um, she um, she's doing she's a mental health nurse to kind of add some context um, so there was a specific the role she's um, going into has got more it's it, it, she's doing a little bit more because it's a higher pay grade and for one of the questions I was like so when have you ever done something similar to this she's like I don't really do it in my current job or at least I didn't but now with COVID-19 I have to do it because it's a way of like interacting with patients without physically being there and it's like quite interesting that like like before if covid if covid hadn't happened she wouldn't have had to develop this specific skill set say that's wow. actually now useful for this job that she's going for wow. very good yeah no also honestly school, I'm, I'm, so. I'm proud of your mum i'm proud of your mum like yeah, i think uh when you like this is not to, to belittle or to patronise, but I think when you get to a specific age, getting back in the job market, especially from people from our parents' generation who kind of stay in one role for very, very yes, prolonged yes. periods of time, getting back in the job market and actually going for interviews and things like that becomes increasingly difficult, especially the more time you spent in a job. So if you've been in a job for 20 years, coming back into the job market to interview and to get a new job is actually a huge ask. So honestly, I'm proud of your mum. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. Let's go electronic clapping, please, Alpha. <laughs> oh, I guess you'll get. I'll get real <laughs> Well, I guess we know who's not listening. <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem yet. to be working. I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I just had oh. my mic off because <laughs> I was listening to the whole thing. Well done, Sam and Sam's mum. Right. All right. Has this everyone is, had a, good, a go? This is a good place to end. Yeah. Has yeah. everyone well, had a go? I know we have. We have right. one more segment. All right. Um, is there anything is else, Sam? No. No. I, I, okay. I have cool. You never told us what you learned. I mean, I, 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 I wish I didn't do a master's in mech. Instead, I in something <laughs> so either data analysis or um, computer science, something like that. Because I'll, 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 it, it's, it would I'd have like been more to say useful. I also wish that. I also wish that. I also wish I didn't do a master's in college. Yeah, the bachelor's was good. Kemenge was great. So I just feel like everyone's like I... shitting on engineering, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I loved it. It was fun. Yeah, no, no regrets. But, like, but I wish I had it. No regrets. Yeah, but like it would have been more useful to do something else. Yeah. Considering the what I'm doing now. 
I mean, if I, if I was in you know, in engineering, I wouldn't say this. <laughs> but I think I still wouldn't have changed my, my yeah. I wouldn't have changed my my degree, even the masters. But yeah. I don't. I just. I'm. I'm not trying to put down your experiences. I just don't want any of our listeners to be like, "Wow, engineering degrees suck." Like, if you want to go into business, <laughs> do engineering. <laughs> no, no. The one thing I will say, actually, sorry, I know we're like still on this topic. The one thing I will say is that during chemical engineering, when it came for job interviews, gave me an edge. So even if you don't plan on going into engineering or you don't know if you're planning on going into engineering, engineering is still very much a valid and invaluable degree. So 100%. A chemical engineering degree to someone who doesn't know what it is essentially says smart person. And that is all you know. Honestly, like I still get credit for it walking around the office. They're like, "What are you doing here?" And they're like, "You don't know that I struggled throughout the five years, but it's okay." <laughs> I'm not gonna um, so yeah, no, definitely. If you plan on doing an engineering degree, still do it. We're still worth it. Yeah, maybe a bachelor's though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we can move on. Sorry. Cool. So before we hit the list segment. Um, I do have a, have a surprise, no, surprise special segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing, I'm sorry. Um, uh, unless you have a sponsor, Esther. Unfortunately no? not. Um, all right, um, I've uh, made up a few questions uh, for a, a quick quiz. Um, so do you want multiple choice answers or just uh, straight out answers? The, the categories are entertainment. I'll, I'll, or I'll, general study, I'll, general uh, information, straight up. general knowledge. Are we, are we competing yeah. against each other or? Yes. But how are we going to work? If we're competing against each other, we're all gonna, you're just going to hear the first voice that comes into it. Like, you don't know who, how people's reception are working. Um, so let's do it in teams. So get in teams of t- um, two. And then <laughs> what we do is... Uh, we're on the same phone call. No, that's fine. But like, it's just whoever in the same team Response first gets the point. So it's not like competing between four people, it's competing between two people, which is a lot easier to manage. Okay, all right, let's, let's do that. Um, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't solve it the doesn't problem thing you pointed at the other. It doesn't, but let's just, let's just go with it. Let's just go with it. <laughs> Love it. I mean, right. I, I don't, I, I don't think we have connection issues to worry about that because it's been fine. I think so the far, issue is but... all of us speaking over each other as we were yeah. yeah. at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Why don't you type in uh, the first person to type in the letter oh, A? Oh, the viewers can't hear us. No, no. You type in the letter A, and then that person gets to go. I, I don't like this. Let's just let's just do, let's just do it. Let's just see how it is. Afka, go ahead. With okay, the question. great. Um, so let's start off with entertainment. Um, what number one Beyonce hit song did Neo write? Uh, Wait, we need team. Stop. Best no, we, no, we don't. No, we don't. Let's just go. Okay. I, that, that... No. No. So that's Miata no. Stone Gone. Oh. Can you give us a, like a clue? I know. I know. It's, it's a Beyonce an album. song. It's, an, it's, it's a song. I know. I, I know, know the which song. Album I just forgot the title. I don't listen to Beyonce. It's the, it's the one with. It's the same one as Halo. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Uh. <laughs> Single ladies. <laughs> no. No. Is it that's, never? That's it's, it has. It has the word never in it, right? Yeah. Oh, best thing I never had. Wait, is that what Miata said? No. 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 Different one. All right. 
that's enough. That's time. Uh, irre <laughs> irreplaceable. Oh, no way! That is such a good song. Good for him. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. You said Neo. What was the question? Yeah. 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 Neo. Neo. Yeah, he wrote the song. I don't know. Oh, he wrote it. I thought, no, no, no. I knew. Oh my god. I thought you said Neo. There's an actual artist called NAO. Wow. Miyada, Miyada, you got it wrong. Let's move on. What? I thought this. Miyada, you got it wrong. I have to move on now. I have to move on. It's okay. It's true. Okay. Let's go. Um, That's such a good song. Who wrote uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? Mockingbird. Uh, uh, oh, believe. <laughs> there you go, that's Elsa. Yeah, One point. Some dude. Oh. Nice guy. It was a woman, you fool. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, next one. Um, how many stars does uh, the Big Dipper have? The constellation Big Dipper? Should I give Four. you options? Six. Two. <laughs> Five. Okay, I'll give you options. Seven, Five, eight, six. nine, or eleven? Seven. Seven. Nine. Esther, it is seven, so that's one for Esther and okay. one for uh, Miada. So that's two for Esther and one for Miada. Um, let me give you a relatively hard one. Um, what is the large but, desert area of Australia called? So that options. Options. Yeah. Westback. The Outback. The Outback. Yeah, the Outback. Fine. Fine. <laughs> that's really not that hard. Like, that's a pretty commonly known. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know Australia well enough. Madison's the Westback. I'm tired. I listened to it. I was like, Westback. I was like, if they called it that, damn, that is <laughs> Okay, sorry, continue. What's the next question? So, so that's four questions. Um, what movie does not have, have in it? Ocean's 13. Sorry, which one? Can you repeat the question? I didn't hear it. What movies yeah, does not have Brad Pitt? Does not have Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Okay, yeah. go on. Okay, so Ocean's 13, Burn mm -hmm. After Reading, mm -hmm. 300, Troy, or Fight Club? 300. 300. 300. Hey, it sounds boring. I don't even what know what I said. Okay. 300 at the same time. Nah, no, but... like the first. <laughs> no, it was first. Yeah, but then how, how come Mayana got a point when both of us said it about the big thing? No, only, fine, only fine. Sam got a point. Pardon? Only Sam got a point. No, I'm saying you got Yeah, big deeper. And I got a point for the big deeper because we said it at the same yeah, time. Yeah, why did Mayana get a point? I said it first. Yeah, Mayana, <laughs> you did get a point. <laughs> Yeah, it's Miata, remove her point. Well done, Dima. You just took a point away from your uh, fellow contestant. That's so mean. We moved, though. Alright, uh, what is the sixth planet away from the sun? Oh. I don't know, bro. Oh, Damn. Oh, wait. Jupiter? Or Jupiter? No. Oh. There you go. <laughs> I wasn't quick enough. I was like, Mercury, Venus. <laughs> I knew Jupiter was the fifth. <laughs> Alright, final question. Opposite color of blue. Red. Yes. Opposite color. Orange. Yeah. No. What? Red? Opposite color. Red? You mean so complementary? Complementary. Yeah, it's called. It's the same. Opposite or complementary? Is it not orange? Yellow. Yeah, it's orange. No, it's yellow. 
No, it's not. Yes, it is. is it? I googled it. Yeah, yellow. What? Opposite color of blue. Op- opposite only... was really not the correct. Yeah, there's only like three pan- primary colors. It's, so it's how complementary is... color, he meant. Complementary color is is, is is yellow. Yeah, blue is yellow. Oh, damn. The way they define the word opposite is the absence of blue. Oh, okay. Red. But then red also has no blue. You mean company news? No, red has blue pigments in it. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Every every color is made up of an RGB scale. So every color mm-hmm. has red, I'm green, and blue. I'm pretty sure pigment. orange is right, but it's cool. No, yellow is correct. Okay, I final question. Orange is right. But <laughs> Thanks, Dima. You loyal. I mean, really, orange is a variation of yellow. It's a Guys, it's fine. Right. I'm actually not. I, I really don't. Yeah, but. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I mean, if you guys have a problem, take it up with Google, all right? Literally just Google says Google. orange. <laughs> not for uh, blue. Dima, you're loyal. I love you. It, it doesn't. Opposite color Ch- blue says orange. No, read down. It doesn't. It, that's that's for a, sh- a particular kind of blue. It's not for true blue. So, so you didn't say true blue, though. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Okay, anyway. moving on, moving on. <laughs> literally, uh, I'm sorry, I just said, if you Google opposite color of blue, Google literally says orange. <laughs> like, I'm not even, like, Googling Africa. It does. It literally, yeah, no, I it, 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 it's not for blue, though. Like, it's some sort of variation of blue, which I I'm just I saying, you, said, check, you said Google says, and then Google says Yeah, orange. read the whole, read the text, then. All right, anyways, last question. Text. Um, what was the name of the actor who played Spider-Man in the 2002 Spider-Man movie? Tony McGuire. Nice. It yeah. I, I, I just wanted Toby. to bring up the fact that that Spider-Man movie came out in 2000, 2002, which is ridiculous. I feel oh, like I'm going to watch it now, the round pick would be crazy. Yeah, ages ago. Who's outside? Anyways. Sorry? Who's outside? Oh, I am. Um, <laughs> are you only now just noticing? <laughs> no, but I said the, the, the noise has got a lot louder now. Okay. Someone's having I a drift to, um, Apologies. I'm just Did outside that. of my um, house. I'm not walking. <laughs> I just want to get shamed. <laughs> shaded Esther. <laughs> no, I, I, meant, I, I meant that I'm not, like, I'm still socially distant. That's what I meant. I'm going to send the police to your house <laughs> right now. Be like, this girl says she's in quarantine. She's out on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, Final segment. List. So, the books we're reading at the moment. Uh, Dima, oh, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Or planning uh, to read. Sure. Do you want to start us off? So, I'm reading three at the moment. I'm reading one. Wow. The first book that I'm reading is... <laughs> Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Herrera. Um, To be honest, this is a really dense book. It's taken me like three months to progress. But I made a a commitment and I'm reading 15 pages every night and hopefully I should finish it soon. Um, The second book that I'm reading is a poetry book because I want it to be more cultured and (laughs) cooler. Um, it's the selected poems of Rumi, and same. Oh, I, I do uh, never really poetry. Ah, Rumi. And yeah, so I don't think you can finish a poetry book in one go. So I'm also taking my time with that. Yeah. And I'm reading this Arabic book called Akhla 
Hedaik, which is basically Take Off Your Shoes. It's a short yeah. story novel. Um, and I'm reading that now because I have book club and I have to read it. <laughs> and um, it's... <laughs> And yeah, I mean, like it's it's an interesting book. It's short stories with uh, each of the stories having like some sort of uh, theme and message. But um, yeah, that's these are the books that I'm currently reading and what I'm planning to read once I finish one of like any of them. Because my one of if you guys remember from a previous podcast, I was supposed to be reading six books this month. Um, <laughs> that's intense. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Um, one of them is called Fear by Roald Dahl. I think I'll be able to breeze by that quite oh, quickly. Oh, I love Roald Dahl. Yeah, I didn't know that he wrote adult books, by the way. <laughs> I've read one, the um, only adult book of his I've read is one that's like the story of his life. It's like the sequel to Boy, I can't remember what it's called. I haven't, I, I never knew that he had adult books. And then the other books that I'm reading is Emma by Jane Austen. Oh. And... This other Arabic book, which I forgot the name. So those are my uh, my planned books. But to be honest, I don't think I'll complete them this month. How are, you, um, the how are you finding these books? Like, um, what's your kind of decision process to, like, select what, what are you reading? Um, Sapiens, I read it because it was on every bookstore. And my mom had the book and I just wanted, I don't know, it seemed cool. And it, it was... It's, the blurb was super interesting, but it's a it's quite a dense book. I wouldn't say that you can you can breeze through it. Um, no, I agree. I, I, t- I tried to read yeah, it also, on. and um, I got three quarters away through the book. And I know it's going to sound like a complete waste, but three quarters away through the book, I realized that I really wasn't enjoying it and that it was quite boring, <laughs> so I left it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm trying so, Dima, to... Dima, how far are you in? I think I'm I'm reaching the three quarter pit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? I think enjoy is a strong word. I no, think I it's a <laughs> It really isn't, but okay. No, I honestly, think honestly, fiction is like that though. You can like no. either the subject matter will grip yeah. you, or you kind of need to like force your way through it. Definitely a hit or miss. I would um, say that it's interesting. It's definitely interesting, but enjoyable it wouldn't be the word that I would use to describe it. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Um, um, the other books, uh, one of the books was decided by the book club. Uh, some of the books, I just went to the bookstore and I was like, I need to read more classics. So that's why I bought the Jane Austen book. Mm-hmm. Um, Royal Dial Fear, I, I was surprised you made adult books. So I wanted to try this book and it said fear. So I'm like, let me try to have, because I, I don't watch horror movies, but I've read like horror books. So I'm like, let me try and explore that side and the poetry books like i said i just want to be more cultured so i i, I looked up poetry books and this was quite popular that's cool super cool should we move to esther next yeah sure um i'm gonna talk about books i've read some time ago because i think they're just so good that i they're worth recommending um i read the picture of dorian gray like a year or two ago for the first time and it is absolutely breathtaking like, I feel, so you know, sometimes you'll read books or you'll watch movies or TV shows in which someone is in love with someone's writing. And I never mm-hmm. really thought that was real 
I thought that was kind of something that existed in fiction because it was a nice a, a nice imagery if you were like oh I could fall in love with someone's writing I fell in love with writing the picture of Dorian Gray honestly like the lines are, it's so well written the metaphors give, so give us a five line summary um, no do don't I tell mean, us if no, it's just this. Um, without, without giving it it's, away. It's, it's, yeah. it's just basically a guy who... Um, it, 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 the theme is someone who is kind of ugly on the inside but beautiful on the outside and shows how the world treats him because of it. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, about narcissism and how, you know, you can be... People can adore you because you're beautiful, but even though you're kind of rotten on the inside. But it's just, yeah, yeah re- so well written. It's ridiculous. And it's also just not that long. It's quite a smallish book. So you can actually... What was someone, it called? The Picture of Dorian Gray. The Picture Gray. of Dorian by Oscar Wilde. Okay. It's, it's like a classic type of thing, but it's, yeah, not too long, but really just amazing. Um, another one I'd say uh, I read last year, which is great, is this is nonfiction, Barbarians at the Gate. So that is based, it's a true story. Um, there was a leveraged buyout of a huge company called um, RJ Nabisco in the 1980s. And it just kind of, this author just chronicles the story. And even though it is nonfiction, it is a thriller, like I couldn't put it down. It was so interesting. It was written almost like a screenplay in the sense that it kept swapping between different perspectives and different characters. And it was just so gripping. And I think, I don't think I've ever read a nonfiction book that was this entertaining in the sense of the way it was written, as I said, as a screenplay. So I'd say I am not a particularly like financially inclined person. I try to stay reasonably aware, but I don't really know much about like company buyouts. But even if you don't, I think you would enjoy Barbarians at the Gate because I really did. Um, okay. Yeah, and then in terms of what I'm planning to read. Oh, if you haven't read it, this is going to hurt about Stories of a Junior Doctor. Hilarious. I loved it. it, 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 it is, I, loved I have not it. met a single person who's read This is Going to Hurt and doesn't rave about it because it is so funny. And it was really good. Quite touching. So good. Um, what is that I'm about? Planning- it's just it's basically this guy, he was a junior doctor in the NHS and he okay. um, he just basically like went through his, his notes and like made and made a series of anecdotes, just a book full of anecdotes. And his anecdotes are just so crazy and so funny. It's it's amazing. Yep. Also nonfiction. Um, and then finally a book I'm planning to read that um, Things Fall Apart. I feel like that's a, just a classic which I've never gotten around to reading. Ooh, it's a good book. So, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. That's me. Oh, nice. Um, I think now we shift towards Miata. Um, so at the beginning of the year, I made a New Year's resolution to read a book a month. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not aiming quite as high as Dima, where I'm. <laughs> I'm doing six hundred books in two weeks. At, at my peak. I read um, what's it called? Three books in one month. Um, just, just, That's just by bad, listening. Yeah. yeah, just by listening on my commute. Um, so I'm Is just going to tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Audiobooks are um, are my favorite thing. The thing is, is I do love a good book, as in a physical one, and to actually read it. But uh, I get really travel sick, so I can't read a physical yeah. book on the tube. So I just listen. Um, I read a self-help book, which is really just not something that I do. I don't really listen to self-help or read self-help, but it was called Atomic Habits. No, it's not even that. I feel like a lot of the time self-help books are very wishy-washy. But this particular self-help book, it's 
uh, how do I explain it? It's, it's the whole genre that, of like, people trying to improve themselves. In the- yeah, yeah. Is it like motivational yeah. stuff? I I I know it's self help. I'm sorry. I meant like, what self help book is it? As in, like, what's the name? Oh, of you the... talking about? I was yeah. I was about to yeah. I was about to I was about to go into that. So I read a book called Atomic Habits, and I thought this book was like literally excellent because it broke down things into like tangible instructions that you you should do and what like the psychology behind habits and how you should ease into habits, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And actually. It helped me get started on my gym kick, and um, I usually like drop out of the gym like two weeks after trying. And I was going to the gym right up until the lockdown happened. So there we go. If you're if you're into the whole self improvement thing, Atomic Habits is definitely a book you should read. I mean, I, I read the <laughs> I read the subtle art of not giving an F, and yeah. I think it's I think it was a really funny book. Um, and I think in some in some aspects there was some self help, I guess messages, but yeah. I don't think it was I don't think it was like that detrimental to my lifestyle. I'm just like oh this makes sense. This is what I do. This is something that I that I should do. But it's not I I guess like you said it's not like tangible step by step stuff that yeah. I can apply to my life. It was more just a, an explanation. And it's like, oh, this happens because of this, yeah. But it was it was done brilliantly. Yeah. And like I said, I, I agree. Occasionally, the odd self-help book can really just inspire you and give you the kick you need. Um, some people get that via watching the TED Talk. Some people get it in other ways. But if you're into reading self-help, then it's a good book. Uh, so I read a book called Everything I Learned About Love. And honestly, I loved it. I loved it. It was such a feel-good book. You know what I mean? It, it, it's... Basically about this woman who she she talks is it about. It's it's yeah I guess it is a novel. Um, so she just tells her life through her twenties and all the loves that she had, and what she learned about or what she learned from each one, and it was really it was really good read. Um, but currently I am reading a book called The Secret Barrister, um, and it talks about the British legal system and its flaws. And I think it's really good. Um, and up next, I will be reading Patricia Bright, who's this YouTuber. Her biography is called Heart and Hustle. I'm really looking forward to that. How old is she? Um, she's in her 30s. Okay. I was going to say, it's like a 16-year-old. I'm like... No, no. no she's too early to be reading. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. But she's like built a multi-millionaire, like a multi-million empire. She's literally a millionaire from YouTube. And she just kind of chronicles her life and how that happened, sort of thing. And I thought that it would be a really interesting read. What What's her kind of content on YouTube? Um, so she has two channels now. And one of her channels is like a vlog, beauty, um, fashion type channel. And then she has so a tutorials, finance channel. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. And she has a finance channel, which is basically like completely fine that she used to be an accountant essentially before she started the whole youtube like stuff uh so she has a strong finance background so she started a finance youtube to help people build better finances in general and i've been watching it and actually it's really really good it's a really good uh, youtube channel so i shouldn't I mean, be she, plugging anyone else but it's called she seems Brain. like she's uh, covering uh, all all aspects of best of both worlds i mean if you know if you have Good um, subject knowledge in an area, then why not? Why not share them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she did spend time 
developing those skills and knowledge. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And like she did an accounting degree, so and she cultivated it and she made it into what it was. And she's a millionaire now, so clearly she's the best person to speak about how to build good finances. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. That's so everyone's doing like three books then. Sam, what are your three books? A three or more? Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so I've always, I'm just, I mean, I've always been reading this book called Questions for Adapt, which is by a, um, I think, Nigerian poet. And yeah, it's just a, it's. I think it's a. I think it's a poet. <laughs> I think it's poems for women. Actually, come thinking it. Yeah, it is. It is. But I enjoy it thoroughly. What does that um, mean? What do you mean? What does a poem for women, like no, what is a, a poem a for women compared? It's 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 about like self, like self love and like you know this stuff. You can self love like, yourself, Sam. Yeah, yes, Sam. But it's talking about like, dealing with like hair <laughs> stuff that like it's for women. It actually literally you says can it. Love on your the back, hair too. You know, <laughs> you can give it, give it for your daughters, but it's a yeah, it's a poetry book for women. But I do enjoy it. My friend, a friend got it for me uh, and said that I would enjoy it. Um, at the time, it was for my. Was it me? No, no, no. It was I. Well, she asked what I wanted, and I said I wanted a wallet. <laughs> and oh. she gave me a poetry book. And I, was like, I remember the story. Yeah, right. And uh, immediately, immediately, I get the book. I'm like. Thank you. However, you like specifically asked me what I wanted. Um, this is this is not it. A little bit annoyed. Um, <laughs> then a week after, I was like, I'll just I'm gonna read this book because I have it now. Um, very dope. Um, much more appreciated than the wallet. But at the time, I couldn't use the wallet. <laughs> so, yeah, really good book. Who's, um, who's in the bathroom? <laughs> Wow. Wow. That demon is so demon. I was washing my hands. I was washing my hands. Turn the mic off. Turn the mic off when this background starts. I don't know how to turn off my mic. Oh my god. I just came back inside, so I washed my hands. Apologies. I just had water, but this could become embarrassing for someone. Let's. let's... Yeah, we thought it was a flush stand. Well, it was. It was. What, what is the next book? Oh, um, so this year, like one of my things I want to do is create my own photography book. So I looking cool. at other. I look forward to that. Photography, wow, pressure. Um, other photography <laughs> books, <laughs> um, just to get like ideas. So I have one. My girlfriend actually bought me for my birthday, um, called "My Mine Eyes Have Seen." Um, bearing witness to the civil rights uh, the civil rights struggle. So it's this photographer who literally during is Bob like um, Edelman, who during the civil rights movement like just followed like key figures around and just you know happened to have his camera not happened but he brought his camera and took, <laughs> and took the pictures. Um, so it's like you know Martin Luther King, you know Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, like but following them and then just following just all the other people that people don't know about. Um, and it's just literally a book of pictures and it's got, um, you know, just captions. And he literally talks about, yeah, you know, he's talking about certain scenes and how he captured this, um, the, the, the pictures, which I think is like incredible. Um, and they're like, the, the images are just insane. Like actually like out of this world in terms of like the character that you can get 
from you know just like black mostly black and white uh, images um, do, do you have um, a topic in mind or is it just going to be more general because you can probably do it on covid right now if you wanted to. <laughs> no, no he can't because he's not meant to be leaving the house he no but like just shoot outside his window <laughs> or you could also what? do like life my window in his house yeah my window day two my window day three yeah oh, just isolation uh, yeah just call, call the book isolation Isolation, I could. Very artistic, very poetic. I would love it. We, we wouldn't read we it, but I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to read it, it's a photo book. Oh, Shots. Oh, yeah. oh. Mic drop. <laughs> Miata didn't um, even get to finish his sentence. Dima was right on it. <laughs> yeah, her Oh, uh, And the last book is... So I'm, a, I'm similar to Esther. I'm a big fan of a specific writer. Um, so I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Um, oh, I do love you, a Malcolm Gladwell. You gotta love a Malcolm Gladwell. Um, so I've read all of his books apart from one, um, and the last one that literally recently came out, I think it was last year. It's called Talking to Strangers. Strangers, yeah, um, I haven't read it either. Fun, hilarious story with that as well is um, I was actually at a training course uh, for work, and we were talking about books for some reason, and I was talking about how much I like Malcolm Gladwell um, and how, like, actually I need to go and get this, like, new book. And the, the teacher, the tutor, um, who doesn't work for my company, works for someone else, was just like, oh, I've just, like, finished reading it. And I was like, oh, how did you find it? And the next day he brought it in and he just gave it to me. It was like, Aww. I'm going to use it. You have it. So, yeah, I now have the book. I, I also love a Malcolm Gladwell book. I read one recently, um... Breaking it was point. Outliers. Oh, outliers. Outliers. Yeah. Oh, outliers. Outliers. And I really enjoyed Outliers. I thought it was a, such a good book. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it quite falls into the self-help category or quite falls into the psychology category, but it was it was a good read. More, I think it's more. I think you know what I enjoy about his books. Like, I think his most of his books are all about perspective. Yeah. How, yeah. You know what I mean, and how like the way in which we see the world, although and it's, you know it's helpful for us, isn't actually how the world kind of operates. You know. Yeah. 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 Do you know what? On and it's that researched note, really well as well. All, yeah, all those books. Really well. Yeah. On that note, if you're into like looking at things from different perspectives, there's a book called Freakonomics. If you haven't read it, love. Would, Strong, strong, strong recommendation because it's it's an excellent book. It looks at economics from a different perspective. So the perspective that the media doesn't publish, and it looks at like the statistics that aren't looked at, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the actual underlying reasons for things occurring the way they do, as opposed to what it looks like. So it just disproves that, like you know, um, what's 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 the saying? But anyway, it's just it's just showing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the saying? <laughs> swiftly moves on. I'm sorry, I can't remember it. I'm, like, I'm not going to hold you here for five minutes. Trying to, it. Uh, trying to be coherent here. But the point is that it, it looks at things from different perspectives and shows actual causation as opposed yeah. to what looks like the causation is. So I would recommend Freakonomics. Please read it. It's a great book. They have a nice. podcast as well if you're like... Not the same oh yeah, read a book. They've had a podcast for like ten years. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to that weekly or so episodes. Yeah, economics. Okay, I might, I might touch, touch it. Actually, I think you actually, Sam, you you would really enjoy it. So I think you should, you should definitely read it. 
I find that they've taken on this podcast. I love it, but it's actually made it really difficult for me to read the type of books I would have before. So like things like I tried to I started reading Nudge, like you know, like by Richard Thaler. And I was like, I'm so used to consuming this information in a podcast format where we go through it so much faster that actually yeah. be... No, yeah. no, it, it, I'm being serious. It actually made yeah, me read yeah. like an academic style book a lot harder. So yeah. warning, I suppose. I yeah. think that's that's true to audiobooks in general. Uh, because, oh, really? because, you, because when you're reading, um, there's a two step. So you your your mind reading, translates yeah. the word to a voice in your head. When you're listening, that there's no there's no translation. You're just listening to the voice. Um, so it makes things a lot quicker. So when you come and try and actually read books, it makes it more difficult because <laughs> just used to consuming things straight through your ears. Isn't that what one uh, one of the things that uh, Jordan tries to stop with uh, his uh, read faster speed reading uh, thing? Yeah, right? no, he does. Yeah, yeah he talks about um, the concept of um, because we're taught to read with uh, the voice in our head, we can only ever get to a certain speed. Um, and so, how do you go about like essentially what you do? What, yeah, getting faster is training yourself to not rely on that voice and just you know reducing that step. Um, you know, but we're not plugging Jordan, so yeah. <laughs> even, even even though that if we do plug him, I get more money, so maybe we should plug. I him. mean, we have, we have ten <laughs> listeners, so hundred pound per listener. Let's do that. That's the that's the contract. If he wants a if he wants a, if a plug in here, um. So is that anything else, Sam? No, yeah, no. Books? That's my that's my three that's my three books. Um. Nice. Not that I'm reading so... them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those are, I don't know, like being at home, I'm like working all the time. And when I work, I'm also, I'm like one of my series is being released. So I'm just kind of focusing on that. So I'm, I don't really have much time to do anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, series, series. Series. Yeah. So, um, the, the, oh, yeah, the Bible feed, yeah. right? Sorry? Yeah, Bible feed. Yeah. Yeah, so the. What are we uh, talking about? I thought you said one of your fears is being released. Oh. <laughs> what, what, did, what did you say? Serious. One of his projects. Serious, projects is being. Oh, I thought so. Oh. <laughs> I thought the same, but I was like, this just got really deep and dark. And I was like, yeah, I, I was like, I was scared as well. I was like, boy, is he telling us that he's scared of getting fired? Because that's a <laughs> I thought he meant like release oh. from, from his house. I was like, what's going to happen when you get released? <laughs> no, no. Right. I've been, okay. yeah, no. So. Afka, what about your books? All right, let me quickly wrap this up then. Um, So, or going back to Freakonomics, I did see it on the shelf before buying the book I'm reading now. It just didn't look good, so I guess I it's judged really the good. book by its cover. Really yeah. Um, so the book I am I'm reading right now is um, The Gene and Intimate History by um, Siddharth Mukherjee. I can't pronounce his name. So it just takes a look at how we discovered the gene and um, the implications of it, and then kind of binds in how it affects his own family. This guy's a cancer researcher, like a really well-known cancer researcher, but like yeah. how it affects his family because there's schizophrenia and inherited diseases in his, his family and um, just a combination of things. And it just, it's a good book to kind of get into it. It's not over, overly technical um, uh, on the biology side, but uh, still gives you a good understanding of um, 
the implication of, of understanding uh, genes and uh, DNA and all, all that stuff and like what, what our future might look like as a result. So it's a decent read there. And then the other thing I'm reading is um, the elements of statistical learning, data mining and inference and predictions. It's just... Um, <laughs> That sounds riveting. I'm sorry, absolutely riveting. Yeah, it's a text. It's a textbook. I'm, I'm not. I don't think. I don't. I'm think reading the Encyclopedia, Volume One. <laughs> I'm reading Paris Chemical Engineer. <laughs> I mean, I it is what I'm reading. So, like, it's it's, it's not because I need to read it for work. I'm reading it because I want to read it. So. Okay. Okay. Because you want to become a better data analyst. Yeah, it, it's just something to add on top. So um, right. it looks at looks at a little bit of AI as well in terms of uh, data analysis, which is um, it, it's it's a bit difficult to it's still a bit difficult to uh, you know understand completely what's going on. But you know, I'm Isn't enjoying the learning aspect. Where it gives yeah. when it when it shows you use like it does it have exercises? No, no exercises. It's it's more of. Uh, yeah, it's just more of concepts and like just breaking down. It's 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 a very like math. If if you've read math math books, it's just one of those. It's examples and the theory behind it and um, how to manipulate yeah. it and so on. So can I ask you? I'm sorry not to go back to the programming, but are you learning Python then? Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to learn it so I can learn Panda because it just seems like all the job like opportunities out there in terms of data analysis, uh, seems to be looking at that in ter for analysis. And then either Tableau or Power BI for uh, the visual side of things, which I can do Power BI. So I don't really, I'm not going to spend more time learning that, like another another one. So yeah, okay. pandas, uh, yeah, they're not that. I don't think they're that, that's cool. Um, it's like, it's like pandas. Apparently, they um they like can be attracted to each other. Like what do you been, mean? Like, experiments have been done about because breeding pandas like in captivity is quite difficult. Like it's just the success rate is quite low, and apparently, if you offer like a female a choice between like two male mates, then, and she gets to choose one, they're more likely to actually have offspring. So they can be attracted to another panda. Apparently. Yeah, well, about that. Since since this COVID thing, there's actually a couple of pandas that are actually breeding now because there's no one visiting them. They're like finally time alone. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, what's your third book? Uh, no, I don't read <laughs> third book. I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have the capacity. I love how you don't read, and yet your choice of book is like <laughs> mathematics. My textbook. Yeah. No, but it's it's not not both are somewhat technical. Like I can't read storybooks. It, I just fall asleep. I think At least I'm tried. learning something. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's just there's yeah. I, I haven't tried. I'm not gonna lie. I think I mean, it was honestly, probably like year nine or year ten. Book, if you sit down and get a good book, like it there's nothing compared to getting engrossed in a book. Like no no form of entertainment can even compare. No. What about hitting the I last shot? A game winner last shot. I, I agree with that. There you go. <laughs> Look, <laughs> two, um, two. If you do want to start reading fiction books. I'll make a, a recommendation that's a very thin book, but very, very beautifully written book. Um, and that's, I think everyone has read it at this point, but it's The Alchemist by Paula Coelho. It's, it's an amazing I book. I hate that book. Actually. Hate yeah, that. But I, it's overrated, I feel like. 
you know, you know, you know, you you know, 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 you Wow. Watch it on Netflix. So you should start off with the Harry Potter series. I mean, but that's only if you like fantasy. I, feel I like tried reading Harry Potter. Re- no, it was the hard. Harry Potter books are very heavy reads. I was trying to give you yeah. an entry level book. It's only like two hundred pages. Yeah, but I, I, I was Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's written for kids. You can finish in one go. <laughs> wow, no, Miata. It's written. No, as in it's it's a fable. So technically, it's written for children. But adults all over the world has loved this book because they think it's very profound. Yeah. Obviously, Viva yeah, and Sam did not feel the same, but, you know. It, I, I never said that it wasn't I, profound. I just said it was it's not overrated. profound. Not profound in the slightest. I read the book. I was like, <laughs> okay. It's, you know what? It was kind of like one of those self-help books that... Um, it, it's not a self-help book at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's, like it. a, it's, it's literally <laughs> a... It's a fable. It's actually a fable. It's just a story. I, I was just like reading it, being like, oh, okay, cool. And he does that. Oh, oh. Okay, cool. I yeah, no, this is not useful at all. I don't understand how <laughs> yeah, it's, it's anyone. A story. It. It's not supposed to be useful. Well, yeah. No, but like people say, like if they found it profound. I was like, there's nothing profound about this. Okay, I think I found specifically me. I found it very profound because it reminded me of of stories that I would get told in my childhood by my parents. So I found it very, very profound, this is, deeply profound. This is Miata's way of, of saying that my parents wouldn't tell me stories. I'm not saying that. I get it. No, 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 no. You get it. Yeah, my parents didn't read stories for me either. I did not say that. It's not reading stories. As well as I know you, I know you won't enjoy the book, so don't bother. Nice. Maybe not then. Wow. I just hope Miata gets to know me better, like like Sam. Wow. Anyways, um, the book I I probably want to read is something on chess because I have been playing recently, so I want to get something on that. Oh my god. Remember, <laughs> you can't read fiction. Like, ugh, sorry. You know what? Never mind. Yeah, don't read your <laughs> Jesus stuff. <laughs> read your non fiction books. I mean, about chess is a bit weird. But it's, even, okay. it's not even the fact that it's non fiction, it's a fact that <laughs> it's like it, you have to like invent a dry book, like covered. It's a <laughs> Yeah. So you like instruction manuals, basically. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's fine. That's okay. You like to learn how you know, to do things. That's that's perfectly acceptable. Oh, how things work. Like I, I mean, I don't need to know yeah. how to do it. I just like to know how things work, and this kind that's, of helps. That's I guess. Yeah, that's perfectly acceptable. That's okay. I mean, and that's why the, reading was invented. The thing is, is I. It just. It's true, but I think it just doesn't feel like a thing that I would do in my leisure time as opposed to something that I would be doing because I'm trying to be productive. Like you want to unwind yeah. and have fun. You want to read something that's not a manual, but something that just Reading is, chess is, is fun. And... Uh, I'm okay. not going to drop the conversation, but I have to drop off. Um, bye everyone. No, we, we, yeah, we need to wrap this up as well. We're hitting the an hour 30 mark. So is there anything else to add by anyone else? No. No. Yeah. All right, then thank you for listening. This is Consultants Without Borders, and the four, five hosts for today are Esther, Sam, Dima, Miada, 
and me, Afghar. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.